Okay, so <clears throat> I just usually rock up on the first day of the month, and uh, <clears throat> Nathan just told me it's like some season start or something, and I'm like, what the heck is that? It's <laughs> a lot of pressure. Um, anyways, uh, he told me that the theme for this year was wholehearted, wholeheartedly, and uh, um, thankfully I had a, a message prepared that was kind of similar or kind of in line with, um, or in line as much as I feel um, with the theme of wholeheartedness. And so I prepared a message. Um, but first of all, can we just give a quick, um, big clap and a quick shout out to Kevin, who uh, led the prayer. I thought you did amazing. That was, I, I don't know, I, I don't think I've ever, because every time I talk to Kevin after service, he's just like, oh, yeah, he's just like, he's just, he just doesn't, yeah, he doesn't really get his words out like, um, he's so like humble and he's just like approachable and um, in that way and he was so powerful like and so precise, really prophetic in the way he was leading prayer and I thought that was so powerful so just want to give him props um, but seeing as we're on the, the, the props train uh, might as well give some props to can we give a huge clap to the praise team as well yeah praise team, let's give a big clap to media team yeah, for the guys who set up the chairs the people who set up the food, yeah. For the mums and dads, yeah. <laughs> who have I missed? For Youngmin and Victoria. Um, if I've missed you, it's not by deliberate. I didn't do it deliberately. This is I don't know your ministry well enough. So, uh, anyways, um, all right. So, the title for today's sermon is uh, "Wholehearted," and um, we're going to turn to our Bibles. Is Matthew chapter twenty-two, verse thirty-six to forty. Uh, it's a famous uh, passage in the Bible that I'm sure everyone's uh, probably read it before. Um, Matthew chapter 22, verse 36 to 40. It's a story about a, 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 one of the Jewish leaders, and he secretly comes to Jesus, and he has a conversation with him, and then uh, he asks this question. And we're all going to read verse 36 together. I'll read verse 36, you guys read verse 37, so on and so forth, okay? Let's go take it back and forth, okay? Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? This is the first and greatest commandment. All right, verse 40, we're going to read it all together and go. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commands. Yeah, awesome. Let's pray before we get into the message. Uh, Father, we thank you um, for calling us into this place, Lord, to hear your word this afternoon. Um, as uh, Kevin mentioned, Lord, we pray that you would um, speak through me. Uh, but it's not just my responsibility to speak, but it's our responsibility to listen as well. Uh, there's a dual responsibility in this space right now. And Father, we pray that we would exercise our authority to receive um, beyond what is just in the natural, um, uh, that you would uh, instigate within us, Lord, a desire and a hunger and a fervor um, to hear your word uh, in a personal way. A rema word would be spoken into our hearts and lives today, Lord. We thank you in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. <clears throat> All right. So I don't have a joke for you today, because um, like I promised last time, 2020, you know, it's a new season, it's a new start, so no more jokes, because uh, we tried that, we did it, and it didn't work. So, uh, but uh, I, did, I have a little bit of an intro to today's sermon. 
I had a conversation with my, my, my wife, my wife, my wife uh, the other day. Um, and she said this. This is what she said. She said, it's not fair. She's saying this to me. It's not fair. <laughs> if that helps with the imagination. I'm not going to do it. You were born with so many giftings and you impact people in quality and quantity by simply using the gifts that God has given to you since birth. But for me, I have to give it my all and I still don't produce at the level you do. And she just was complaining about how it's unfair how I've got all these great gifts things. And as anyone who knows me knows that I've got some amazing gifts. Uh, I'm just like this absolutely amazing person. Uh, and, uh, but really what she was talking about, she was talking more specifically about, um, not other things. I mean, she's so much gifted, more gifted than me in certain areas. But this is one thing that she's really struggling with in this current season of hers is um, being sociable, right? And uh, my wife struggles with being, being social. And I'm, anyone who knows me, I'm just a naturally uh, talkative, social person. I just can run up to, rock up to anyone. I was in uh, Barilla Woolworths yesterday just buying some groceries, and this lady was carting her shopping thing down the uh, escalator, and she had three boxes of pizza, and I could smell it. It was just, like, intoxicating. And I said to her, you're going to have a great dinner tonight. And she was like, ah. And I just do that. I just walk up to strangers, and I just talk to people. I'm just, like, a sociable person. And it just comes naturally for me. I was... Maybe I was born with it, but also just my family background, my upbringing, just things that I didn't um, do, right? Just things that were invested or that kind of were made in me. I just act upon it, right? And uh, my wife, though, she really needs to try hard to spend time with someone. Right? It's very difficult for her to spend time with someone and be engaged and not want to go to sleep instead. Right, I'm not, I'm not one to just not talk, right, or not listen. It's not. It doesn't come naturally for her. And um, she said, "It doesn't matter how hard I try to spend time with people, it isn't able to match Paul's impact or his reach." Right. And this got me thinking. This got me thinking. She was complaining about that, and you know, I gave. We talked about it and whatnot, and we came up with a solution, but. Just that conversation alone, it got me thinking about how we do our faith walk with God, right? Um, how we do our faith walk with God. You know, often, how often do we worship Him with everything we have, right? How often does our worship life, or, or on the flip side, how often does our worship life just get by with the giftings I already have? You know what I mean? Certain people, we, we, it's easy for us to stand up here and worship. But it's very difficult for us to sit down and read the Bible. How many of us actually spend the time and the energy in the things that we are lacking in or the things that we're not so strong in? Right? On the flip side, some people might just enjoy just being quiet and, and meditating on God's Word. But you really need to strive and struggle to bring yourself up to the front row, even just to raise your hand because you're like so self-conscious. You raise your hand this much and you're thinking everyone's judging me. Oh my gosh, right? I didn't get my nails done. Or something like that, I don't know. I'm just trying to channel the inner, inner woman. Um, <laughs> oh. um, okay, anyways. So uh, my question was, why don't we give everything? Why, don't we, why are we not so wholehearted in everything that we do? Right? And uh, the reason I realized why we struggle to give God everything uh, is because we live in a world 
where we compare how much others have um, Right, right. We, we compare. What do I do? Okay. Uh, the reason why we struggle <laughs> to give everything is because we compare um, what other people do and we set that as a standard. And that kind of, let me, let me phrase it this way Michael Jordan. Okay. I love Michael Jordan. Anyone who knows me, I love Michael Jordan. He's six foot six, 198.5 centimeters, six time finals MVP, five time uh, regular season MVP, one time defensive player of the year. 13-time All-Star, um, won six championships. Anyways, I can go on and on and on, right? I've seen pretty much every clip of Michael Jordan on YouTube. There's one thing that I love about Michael Jordan is uh, his team was a winning team, right? His team was an amazing winning team. Uh, but the reason why his team was such a good team and, uh, and a winning team was because they had a work culture. It was a work ethic culture. And it was started by Michael Jordan and this guy called Scottie Pippen. And they had this thing called the Breakfast Club. Okay, so they'll come early in the morning. You know, they didn't need to. If, like, if practice is at 10 o'clock, they'd rock up at 6 a.m. in the morning. And they'd have this thing called Breakfast Club. They'll work out like crazy. And then they'll go have breakfast before actual training. And what happened was the two best players in your team are coming by 6 a.m. every morning. And imagine you're the guy who's like kind of seventh on the roster. Now you feel the pressure, the culture is there, the standard is there for you to be excellent as well. And so because of this breakfast club thing, all the players started coming out without exception. And they didn't need to, they weren't being paid to, but they came out because Jordan and Pippen had set a standard. And it's the same thing on the opposite spectrum. How many times have you guys been demoted to like a, a math class or an English class um, that's kind of lower than where you were. For example, when I was in year nine, I was in like, there's three classes. I was in the mid-tier class, right, for maths. I didn't perform that well because I was lazy. And then year 10, they put me down to the fourth class. And the culture there is what? Making fun of the teacher, right? That's the culture there. All right, I'm trying to study. Not really. But, uh, you know, and even if there's, there's these moments where I'm like, I really want to do well. And I'm trying to sit down and study, and then my friend's like, <laughs> let's throw spitballs at the teacher or something. You get the, the culture, the standard, the, 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 the environment, right? It dictates how much we give, right? And it's kind of with church as well, right? Sometimes you walk into church and, right, you're like, oh, I just want to. And then you look at everyone else and they're just all like, and you're just like, you started here and then you, you go here and then you. And then you just end up like everyone else, right? And it's just the kind of the way we function, right? We're like social animals. So we set our standards to the standards of those around us, okay? Um, the reason why we struggle to be wholehearted, the reason why we struggle to give everything to God, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your might, the reason why we struggle is because we don't allow God to set the standard. Instead, we look at the people around us, Right? Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, it talks about uh, being a living sacrifice. It talks about giving your life to God in verse 1. And then in verse 2, it's, it changes the pace. And it, all of a sudden it says, therefore, do not conform to the patterns of this world. Okay? Do not align yourself with the way that this world thinks. We fail to live according to God's standards because we match our standards to those around us. But as Christians, we are called to be countercultural to the world. 
not just countercultural in general. I'm not telling you just be countercultural. Someone's like, I like sausages. Well, I don't, even though you like sausages, right? Because you want to be countercultural. Um, no, be countercultural to what the world's values and what the world's standards are. As a Christian, that's, that's what we're called to be, right? And Jesus often spoke about this in his sermons, in his preaching, in his teachings. He spoke about the upside-down kingdom, right? How the slaves will be raised up, how the weak will be made strong, the blind will see, how the rich will be made poor, and vice versa. It's just an upside-down world, right? The first will be last, right? And the last will be first. Um, So that's why, right? I'm not even using the slides. What's going on here? Standards. I'm done with that now, so I don't know. We should move on. So what is God's standard of faith walk? Or what is God's standard of a worship life for us, for us Christians? What does it mean to be wholehearted? Did that work? Yeah. Okay, cool. The greatest commandment is this. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your might. In other words, give everything. That's the standard. The world's standard Whatever. But God's standard, this is God's standard. Give everything. Right? And uh, in fact, it says in the verse that we read today that all the commands, everything else hangs on these two laws. To give God everything and to give the people around you everything. Right? That's the standard. Unlike the world, God wants all of you. He isn't interested in how much you bring to the table. Let me say that one more time. I'm sure you've heard this many times before. It's pretty cliche, but I'm just going to say it again. Unlike the world, God wants all of us, and he isn't interested in how much you bring to the table. Okay? And the reason why I say this is because in Matthew chapter 25, there's a parable of the talents. There's three servants, and they're giving separate amounts of money. The master goes off on a, a long journey. He comes back to judge what his servants have done with the money. In Matthew chapter 25, the parable of the talents, we see that the one with the two talents and the one who received the five talents, okay, they invested all their money right away. In fact, in verse 16, it says, he who had received the five and the two talents went at once and traded, okay, with them, the people in the market, okay. But the man with the one talent, he was judged for not using his money wisely. Now, here's the question. Was the man with the one talent being scrutinized for the amount he brought to the table? Because you've got to understand, one talent is worth about 400,000 US dollars. So that's like what? Half a million Australian. Probably more than that. Right? It's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. Let me say that one more time, the phrase that I said before. Unlike the world, God wants all of you. He isn't interested in how much you bring to the table. If the problem was how much we bring to the table, then a lot of us would be safe. A lot of us would be fine as Christians. But that's not the standard for God. The standard isn't something. The standard is everything. Right? Each one of them was judged on whether they produced more with what they had. And here's the thing, right? I'm pretty sure the man with the five talents, 
If he came back to the, to the master with five talents, hey, that's five times more than the guy with the one talent, right? Would he have been criticized and would he have been punished by the master? Yes. How do we know this? Luke chapter 12, verse 48. It says, the one who has been entrusted with much, much more will be asked. Those who have greater authority have greater responsibility, right? Spider-Man. <laughs> For those of you who don't understand that reference, we're talking about Spider-Man 1 with Tobey Maguire. <laughs> Cultural references. Um, let me reiterate, reiterate that one more time. God doesn't want all of you. He, isn't, uh, he wants all of you. He isn't interested in how much you bring to the table. Okay. So even though the guy with the five talents, if he buried it in the ground and he said, the master's back and he brought back five talents, he would have been just and maybe even more punished than the man who brought the one talent to the table. Right? The only reason he was praised and the only reason that he was elevated to a higher position was because he took the five and he brought five more back. And the man who took the two, he brought two more back. Okay? Keep that parable in mind. It's going to be really useful at the end of the today's sermon. I feel like a lecturer or something, like giving end-of-year exam pointers or something. <laughs> All right, anyways. Um, and here's the thing that I've noticed about God's kingdom when it comes to giving everything, okay? Giving all or being wholehearted in, in God's kingdom, it doesn't just mean presenting before God what you already possess. The man with the five talents, he was gifted five talents. The man with the two talents was gifted two talents. And the man with the one talent was gifted one talent. They received it from the father or from the master, right? But if they just brought that in front of the master, they would have been scrutinized and they would have been punished, just like the man with the one talent, right? Giving all for God means putting to work what he has gifted you to produce more than what you are capable of making, said Pastor Paul, by the revelation of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Let me say that again. Giving all to God. When God says in uh, Matthew, he says, love with all your heart, soul, might, and mind, right? What God's actually saying is he's saying, what I've gifted you in your life, the graces that I've placed it upon your life, Putting that stuff to work, okay, to produce what you are more than capable of, that is the wholeheartedness that God is looking for. Hope the cogs are moving. We're going to stay on this for a little bit longer because this is the message for today, right? What do I mean by this? We'll go further down. I'll explain it later. Let's just read real quickly. Mark chapter 12, verse 41 to 44. And I'll just read it because it's a, it's a long passage. You guys just have to follow. Jesus sat down, the, uh, down opposite the place where the offerings in the temple were put and watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts of money into the treasury. But a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a few cents. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, Truly I tell you, 
this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. They all gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in everything, all she had to live on. She gave everything. She, had all, she gave all she had to live on. I want us to imagine that for a second. Let's just imagine that for a second. She gave up everything she had to live on. That was her monthly wage. To get on the train, to buy food for her family, to whatever. Whatever money it is that she needed to do. That's all she had to live on and she gave everything to Christ. Right? And here's the thing about God's kingdom. When you give everything... It should be to the extent where if God doesn't show up in your life, you're screwed. Okay? Let me say that one more time. In God's kingdom, what he means by giving everything is to the extent that if God doesn't show up, you're screwed. That's the wholeheartedness that God is talking about. Do you guys know how to spell faith? Anybody here know how to spell faith? Do you want to give it a go, Nate? No, I'm <laughs> faith is spelled R-I-S-K. Okay? That's how faith is spelled. Faith is spelled R-I-S-K. Faith doesn't begin until we take a risk, and the risk isn't something that I can handle. A risk is deliberately putting myself in a position of no control. Okay? And the Bible is full of people who went above and beyond, people who were wholehearted in a kingdom way. You look at Gideon and the 300, they went up uh, in a battle against like 200,000 people, with 300 people. Moses, he was an old man, an 80-year-old murderer, ex-murderer convict. God used him. David, the little shepherd boy, right? When God used him and he took a risk, God used him. Esther, the beauty pageant winner. Miss Universe, God used her. Joseph the dreamer, Peter the fisherman, the list goes on, right? Unless we take a risk in our faith, it's not being wholehearted. I need to kind of summarize what I'm trying to say here. Let's get back to the conversation I had with my wife. When she complained to me that she felt disheartened because no matter how hard she tried, she could only produce four talents because she started off with two talents. She complained to me, Paul, I, because I've started off with two talents, the maximum I can produce is four talents. No matter how hard I try, I'm only producing four talents. And she would look at me and be like, but you started off with five talents, right? And she'd be like, oh my God, comparably... I'm doing worse than you. But in God's judgment, she's the one that's doing well and I'm the one who's doing the wrong. I'm not putting to work the graces and the giftings that God has placed in my life. I'll give you an example. I've been given the ability to rapport or speak to people eloquently, right? I'm able to express myself quite well. I shouldn't just use that to make myself look better by preaching amazing sermons every Sunday. 
right? The way I should be putting that grace to work is by putting it into a risk situation. I drive Uber, for those of you guys who don't know. And when I do drive my Uber, um, you know, I have these amazing conversations with them. And there's a point that it reaches, not all the time, but there's a point it reaches in the conversation where I feel God tugging my heart to speak into this person's life. And I need to take a risk. I need to take the gift that God has given me, the grace that God has placed upon my heart, and I need to put it to work. There's a difference between using your gifts and putting your gifts to work. Using your gifts oftentimes is just for my benefit. But when you put the gifts that God has placed in your life to work, when you invest it, when you trade it like the man with the two and the five talents, when you put yourself at risk, right? That's the wholeheartedness that God is looking for. I'll give you another example. Uh, I have great energy. I have a lot of energy. I'm 109 kilos, so there's a lot of stored up energy in me. Right, so for those of you who didn't know I was 109 kilos, surprise. Um, yeah, I look a lot skinny. I look probably like 85, but. Um, but I'm 109 kilos. Um, there's a lot of stored up energy within me. My wife, um, she's, you know, skinny and tall and quite lanky, and she lacks a lot of energy. Just physically, physiologically, we're very different, right? The giftings that I have compared to the giftings that she has is quite different. There was a period when my wife had a child. We had a child. <laughs> she didn't just have a child. Oh, you had a child. Cool. Um, it wasn't like that. We had a child, and uh, she, just, she had just given birth, and uh, she had the energy to breastfeed and take care of the, the, my daughter, but she couldn't do the dishes, and she couldn't do the vacuuming, and she couldn't do the laundry, and she couldn't do all that stuff. Whereas me, I had the capacity or the energy to not just put the baby to sleep and feed her and do the laundry and do the dishes and do my work and come back and encourage her and foot massage her and all this stuff. She just barely had the energy, the giftings, the graces that were placed upon her life that the, the, the master had given were to this level, right? But I used to complain. I used to complain. I used to be like, you're doing this much. I'm doing that much. But in God's kingdom, this is how wholeheartedness looks like. Wholeheartedness looks like this. It's the giftings that I've given you that you're investing and you're putting to work for the benefit of others and for the benefit of God's kingdom. Right? And God said to me, you're not doing more work than her. She's giving everything to support this family, to raise a child, to bring life into a child that can't support herself, right? Her one is being used completely to produce another one. But you've got 10 and you're only producing seven more. You're bringing 17 to the table. She's bringing two, but it doesn't matter in my eyes. She's being wholehearted. You're not. Right? Right? If you're using your gifts for your own benefit, that's using. But if you're putting to work the gifts that you've received, if you're investing, 
That's for the benefit of others and for God's kingdom. And I want to challenge you guys today. What giftings, what graces has God placed in your life? Don't just sit there and brag about it. Don't just sit there and feel good about how good you are. If you're a great administrator, don't just sit there and be like, I'm such a great administrator. Look at all the stuff I do at work. It's so amazing. I make so much money. If you're a great singer, don't just sing at karaoke. If you're a, a tradesperson, if you're someone who's good with their hands, don't just do it to make money for yourself and, the, and your retirement plan. Be wholehearted. The moment you keep using your gifts for your life and for your benefit, you cease to be wholehearted. It's only when you take your gifts and the graces that God has placed in your life and you use it for the benefit of others. Why? Love your neighbor as yourself, right? And you use it for the benefit of God's kingdom. Why? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might, right? Unless you're doing that, you're not being wholehearted. And what's God's standard? You're either wholehearted or you're not. You're either in or you're out. You're a sheep or you're a goat. You're a weed or you're a crop. Unfortunately, that's how God divides his kingdom. Right? Step up. Step up. Don't, don't live according to the standards of this world. If you know you're called to, if you know you've got certain giftings in your life, use it. Not use it, sorry. Put it to work. Invest it into your community, into your family, into your spouse, into your parents, into your neighbors, into your friends, into God's kingdom. Invest it. Put it to work. Don't let it rot away. I was having a chat with Lily. Um, I think it was like eight months ago or something. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I have no reference of time. Um, it was a while back. Uh, I was talking with Lily. I don't know. After service, I just felt this real like tugging towards Lily. I, I just felt like I needed to talk to her. And so we sat down and we had a quick chat. And um, there was just certain things that God was doing in her life. And I was so fortunate to just be there to like speak into her life during a season where she was like, where God was already speaking into her and he was just using me as another person to just be a conduit of his blessing, right? Um, and I was so blessed to be, uh, have the opportunity to speak into her life, but um, you know, some, a lot of things broke off that day. But one of the things that I've always felt towards Lily is she's an amazing singer. How, let's just give a clap to Lily, like how amazing of a singer she is. Like, I don't know if you guys know, but I grew up in the uh, Sydney Full Gospel generation where Lily was a god. Uh, she was like the god of singers. She was like the, the uh, Jigglypuff equivalent of, of real life society, right? Not that she puts people to sleep. It was just powerful. That's what I'm trying to say, right? Uh, it was super effective. Um, <laughs> um, Lily is a god when it comes to singing, right? But there were so many times where I was like, man, Lily, nah, you need to get out there. Like, you need to take the risk. You need to take your giftings and you need to put it into places where 
it's not with your strength anymore, right? It's not about like what you're capable of. You're taking your gifts and you're taking your, your graces that God has placed in your life and you're, you're placing it in areas where it's a risk and it's, you're not in control anymore, right? Taking a bold step forward. And I was just talking to her today and apparently she's like, Oh, and back then, so back eight months ago, and I was like, I was like, there was a couple of things I spoke to her about, but one of the things I said, oh, Lily, I was like, you should make an album. <laughs> you know, put a CD out there or whatever. And I was just speaking to her today, and she's like, oh, she's like going into record on the March the 13th, right? Or something like that. Amazing. Praise God. <laughs> and her testimony was so powerful. Why? Because it's like she was just being obedient to what God was saying in her life. He was like, she was like telling me that there were certain interviews that she had to do and God was telling her to apply the graces and the giftings that she has in her life in certain ways, just to throw it out there. It was a risk. And she did that and what God did was he took her talents and gifts to a place that she wasn't capable of getting to on her own strength, right? And this is the reward or this is the result of being wholehearted. The reward or the result of being wholehearted is this. When you give and invest, and you work the gifts and the talents that you have in places in obedience with the voice of God, like he's going to take you places that you can't even imagine, right? I'm in a, a current season right now. Um, where uh, God is pushing me uh, to not rely on the fact that I have 10 talents in my pocket. Because I used to walk around like, how many talents do you have? Five? Five. How many? Two? Eight? Close. I got 10. And I used to just ride. I used to just um, ride on life comfortably with just the things that God has placed in my life. Man, this message is really mixed. There's a lot of stuff going out there right now. Just catch on to one of them. Like, just hold on to one of them. Like, you don't have to have the whole message. Just whatever you're getting, just go, like, take it, all right? Um... Anyways, I've said a lot of stuff. That's actually my sermon. Was that short enough? Was that too long? No, okay. So that was my sermon. I think it was like 30 minutes. I think it's the shortest sermon I've done at FLM. Um, we'll leave it there. We'll leave it there. Let's pray. I think really want to spend some time in prayer today. So if, if worship team, if you can please come up.
think basically God's trying to say two things today. Um, He's asking us not to be content with the amount of talents that we have, but to put it to work, to at once go and trade the money, put it into risk, right? And the results or the fruits that you're going to see when you invest and when you put to work the gifts that God has placed in your life into the places that God wants you to put them into. And that might be different for every single person. I have, uh, you know, some relationship issues that I need to work on that God's putting upon my heart. And I'm having to use the gifts and the graces that God has placed in my life to go into those places and to work on those relationships right now. Right? I struggle with studies. I'm a smart guy. I know I'm a pretty smart guy, but I struggle with studies. But God's pushing me and He's putting me into places to put to work the giftings and the graces that he has placed in my life to complete my studies and to finish the things that I've started upon. You guys all have probably something different. God is speaking to your hearts right now. I, I guarantee it. There's certain areas in your life that you need to really press into. And you need to invest and put to work the gifts and the graces that God has placed upon your life. And this time we're just going to ask God, um, we're just going to seek his voice. Um, if we can all just put our hands in the air like this. We do this in HMX a lot. Put your hands in the air. Uh, we're just going to pray in this time. Uh, one thing we're going to pray. God, you've placed so many amazing gifts and talents and so many amazing graces upon my life. Even if you have one talent that's worth over $500,000. And it's not by any merit of my own. It's not by any... Uh, thing of my own, it's purely grace. But you place those things in my life. And right now, we're just going to pray to God, God, where do you want me to use these gifts? Where do you want me to use uh, these graces that you've placed upon my life? Do you want me to take up studies? Do you want me to spend my time and energy, you know, building up relationships? Do you want me to, you know, start up a business? Do you want me to, whatever, whatever it may be. Let's just ask God, God, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do with my giftings right now? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we just lift up every individual in this room right now, Lord God. Uh, there are talents, uh, there are graces that you have placed upon our lives, Lord. And uh, today, in the theme of wholeheartedness, Lord God, you are challenging us right now. You are challenging us right now. You have put a challenge forward right now, Lord, to Father, uh, work, put to work, and to invest, Lord Father, the giftings and the graces that you've placed in our lives, Lord Father. And if that means, Lord, I need to spend time with a brother and sister, Lord God. If that means, Lord, I need to join the media team. If that means, Lord God, I have to, Lord Father, start writing songs, Lord. If that means, Lord God, that I need to, Lord Father, sit down every day and read my Bible. If that means, Lord God, then I need to invest my time in prayer. Whatever it may look like, Lord God, we pray that the giftings that we have, the ability to speak, the ability to walk, the ability to talk, the ability to think, Lord God, all these giftings, all these graces that you've placed upon our lives, that we would give everything of it, Lord Father, that we would give it all to you, 
that you do whatever you want with that money, Lord Father, that you will do whatever you want with those giftings, whatever you want with those graces that you've placed upon our lives. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. How many of you guys are in a stagnation period uh, as a Christian? How many of you guys started off with one talent and you worked your way up to two? And then you worked from two to four and you worked from four to eight. But sometime, some point in your life, you said eight's enough. How many of you are experiencing stagnation in your spiritual walk, in your worship life? You, 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 I remember when I was in high school, man, I used to pray two hours a day. For a whole year, I fasted 52 days a week uh, uh, that year. Every Friday to Saturday, I fasted one day. And I built up within myself. I had obtained certain talents within my life. But I have reached a certain point in my Christianity. And right now, what God's doing in my current season is He's trying to create hunger within me. How many of you are not hungry anymore for God? How many of you are just satisfied with the 2 or the 4 or the 8 or the 16 that you've built up in your life? God's telling you, stop being satisfied. Because wholeheartedness doesn't look like how much you bring to the table. It's whether you're giving everything, every moment, every hour, every day, every week, every month. That's what wholeheartedness looks like. And I invite you and myself right now to a covenant of wholeheartedness. Let's stop the stagnation. Let's continue to pursue the heart of God. Let's continue to be hungry for what God is doing in our lives. Right now, let's just pray to God. God, give me greater hunger. Give me greater desire for your word and for prayer and for greater hunger for spirituality. Uh, Let's just pray in this time. Let's pray. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Father, we lift up our stagnation in our lives, oh, Father. For many of us, we've been going to church for many years of our lives, oh, Father. Many people sitting in this room, oh, Father, we've been doing church for like five, six, seven, eight, 15, 20 years, oh, Father. Some of us have been doing church for 30, 40, 50 years, Lord God. But here's the thing, Lord God. Help us not to be satisfied, to not be stagnant, Lord God. Help us not to brag about the talents we bring to the table, Lord God. Help us not to be like, I've got 16, I've got 20, I've got 25, Lord God. But Father, we pray that our standard, that our measurement, Lord Father, of wholeheartedness will be how hungry we are for more of you. How desperate and how desiring we are, Lord God, for more of you in our lives, Lord God. May we not measure our success. May we not measure our wholeheartedness. May we not measure our faith, Lord Father, based on what we have accumulated over our lives. But may we measure, Lord God, our walk with you based on our hunger and our desire to take greater risk, to put ourselves out there, Lord God, to see more of you in our lives, Lord. We desire, Lord, we desire you more, Lord God, more of you, more of you, Lord, more of you, Lord, more. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord.
great man of God. His name is Kim Enjo Moksanim. He recently came to Sydney. He's a man from Japan. Um, recently spoken to my life. He said, Paul, he said, um, he said, the Christian walk, he said, you always need to be hungry. He said, because when, when you stop being hungry, you start getting apathetic. You start not caring. And when you stop caring, you start to compromise. And when you start to compromise, you fall into sin. And he said, Paul, Christians always need to be hungry. Do you know what it means to be wholehearted? It means to be hungry. It means to be humble. It means to know that no matter how much you've done in your life, no matter how much you've achieved in your life, that in the face of the Almighty God that I'm merely dust. You can stack dust as high as you want, but at the end of the day, it's still dust. is if you're not hungry, you're not doing it right. And I look across this room and I look at my own life, how many of us have lost our hunger? Or how many of you are still hungry? Are you hungry for God? church is crippled they're pointing fingers at each other they're blaming each other there's infighting and disunity there's bickering and quarreling and jealousy and judgment because we lost our hunger I guarantee you you take this ministry you chuck them in the middle of the Middle East we're persecution of Christians. You say the wrong word and you die. I guarantee you this group will come together. I guarantee you the way someone says something won't matter anymore. I guarantee you someone's theology, it doesn't matter that much. The mistake the pastor made on Sunday, it won't matter that much. The lack of air conditioning won't matter that much. Why is the church so complacent today? Because we're not hungry. And you know what? That's a reflection on my own life. Man, there is an entire world out there that's waiting for Christians to Chongqing Chariho to get it right. There's an entire world out there right now and they're waiting for us to figure it out because they need the gospel. Can we hold hands with the people next to us? If there's no one next to you, I need you to shift seats right now. If there's no one next to you, you need to be holding the hand of at least one person.
Let's intercede. Let's pray for our brothers and sisters right now. God, give them hunger. Fill them with desire. Wholeheartedness, Lord, is what we desire in this season. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I just pray for my brothers and sisters, Lord. Yes, Lord. Greater hunger, Lord. Greater fervor for God. Back on his knees, Lord God. A ministry of knees, Lord God. A ministry of knees, Lord God. Because I know, my Lord, he's be a man on his knees, Lord God. A man who used to cry out for God. To do things in his life. To do things in his community and his society, Lord God. In his workplace, Lord. Yes, Lord. A man of knees, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Father, Lord, we lift up holy, Lord. be matched for yes Lord yes Lord yes Lord yes Lord greater hunger greater desire greater hunger greater desire and that the dryness that the dry spell Lord Father will be relinquished right now in Jesus name and just as Elijah prayed for rain Lord God we pray that you would quench this dry land Lord God we pray that the dry bones Lord Father will come to life Lord Yes, Lord, 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 yes, You know what is so fair about God's kingdom? You know what's so amazing about God's kingdom is this. You know, I go to camps and I go to these places and I see people who struggle to pray. Do you know those people? Are you one of those people who struggle to pray at camps? Are you one of those people who, who struggle to see what other people see? Like you see next to you, there's people crying and there's people like falling over and being slain in the spirit and they're speaking these amazing tongues and they're praying for people and there's healing going on. Guess what? That's not the standard. That's what's so amazing about God's kingdom. That's not the standard. Do you know what the standard is? The standard is everything. If you've got one, God just wants one. If you've got one, God's not asking for five. Start where you're at. And this is what the church has done. We've set standards. We said, if you're not like this, and if you're not looking like this, then you're not wholehearted. But the criticism actually should be going to the people who've got more. Because a lot of these guys have gone complacent. A lot of them have stopped doing. 
This is what's so fair about God's kingdom. The standard isn't that stuff. It's not the external stuff. If you don't feel like praying, if you come here every Sunday and you sit here and you doze off, if that's you, guess what? If you stay awake for five minutes, that is the one that you have given. And God is so pleased. God is overjoyed. He's like, you are my wholehearted child. Isn't that amazing? Let's not be discouraged in this time. This message of wholeheartedness is not just for those who have experienced God in the past. It's not just for those amazing prayer warriors. This message is for everyone. Whatever you have, bring it before the Lord. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just pray for this ministry, Lord God. You're starting them on a season of wholeheartedness, Lord God. What an amazing word and a theme, Lord God. The very essence of what it means to be in relationship with you. You've hit the nail on the head. And Father, we pray that we would no longer set standards that are outside of your own. And that our only standard would be of wholeheartedness. That that would be the only standard by which we measure other people. And by which we measure ourselves. In fact, screw measuring other people. We should only be measuring ourselves. I pray that the only measure that we use to see and reflect upon our lives would be that of wholeheartedness, Lord God. Change this ministry, Lord God. Flip it upside down. The result and the fruit of wholeheartedness is being taken to a place beyond what is out of our control. A fruit and a blessing that is beyond our comprehension, beyond our control, beyond our capability, Lord God. And we foresee a ministry that is going to see seats filled up, that is going to see revival in community, that is going to see blessing upon non-Christians, Lord God. A space where anybody and everybody is welcome to come, Lord. We thank you for these prophetic words that you've spoken over this ministry, Lord God. We lift it up to you. We praise your name. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen.